Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm not sure I can match Sue for energy and enthusiasm this morning. Um, that's great, Sue. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we are going to start a new series this morning. Uh, do you want to put the first slide up for me? It's called uh, Scattered Servants. Chris is very kindly going to get me the clicker, and I'm just going to introduce it, and then I'm going to invite Nicole to come up, and just um, I'm going to interview her briefly. Um, Scattered Servants, uh, leading our communities into life. Uh, we're going to be speaking for the next four or five weeks on this topic, and explaining it this morning, and then unpacking it over the next few weeks. Paul will be sharing next week, and Chris as well. Um, but today you get two for the price of one. Uh, because Joe and I are both going to speak, and we, we did have an argument about who was going to say more and what we were going to say. Um, not really an argument, just a, a dis- discussion, yeah. Anyway, as I said earlier, she gets the last word, so that's fine. Um, and I want to unpack this whole topic and look at what the Bible has to say about it, and then Joe has some great stories to share as well. She's been emailing one or two of you this week to, uh, just to get some stories. But before that, I'd love to invite um, Nicole to come and join me, because as part of this series, I want to do something called This Time Tomorrow. Now, as far as I'm aware, this isn't anything we've done in the church before, but it's around while we're close. It says 5 to 11, 5 past 11 there. It's around quarter past 11, and um, This Time Tomorrow... Uh, many of you will, well obviously most of you, will not be here. Some of you might be, but most of you won't be here. You'll be uh, wherever you are at quarter past 11 on a Monday morning uh, in your workplaces or your communities or your environments. And what I'd love to do is, uh, Nicole, I'm going to interview Nicole and next week we're going to interview somebody else and somebody else. And I just want to hear a little bit about what it is that you guys do. So, Nicole, hi, thanks for being interviewed by me. You're welcome. <laughs> and my, I've got four questions for you. And the first question is just tell us a little bit about what you do in your day-to-day job, what your role and your responsibilities okay. are and what that involves. Um, I'm a children's nurse, and the place I work is kind of like a halfway house between hospital and home. So it's, um, it's enabling children that have been in hospital for a long time to kind of prepare for going home. Um, it's also a place where we assess... Um, children if they've got uh, medical difficulties that may be psychologically based. Um, So it's kind of like a glorified children's home in the week and they go home at the weekend. (laughs) Right. And what's it like there? What's it like being there? Um, I should ask you a better question. What are the joys of being there? (laughs) What do you really enjoy about your job and what are some of the challenges Um, there as well? I I love working with the children there. I love... Uh, seeing them come in um, kind of in one place um, really sort of kind of they've adopted the sick role and this is my sickness is who I am I love seeing them come in and go out the other end having a new identity um, wow. I love working with the most of the, you know I, no, I love all the people that I work with some are more tricky than others it was a bit of a faux pas wasn't it <laughs> um, <laughs> I love them all. No, I do. I, love, I just love getting to know the different characters. Um, yeah, I just love making a change in, in, the, in the whole family, actually. I love getting to know the parents as well and working with them. So. Wonderful. And what about the challenges? What are the key challenges for you in your role? Um, I think the main ones, it's people-based, isn't it? So it's going to be people, working with people as we all do. Um, there'll be different characters with different opinions within the team and it's learning to work alongside them and um, negotiate with them in a good way. Um, wow. And also, you know, some of the children come in, they have major behavioural problems that are quite tricky to handle and it's learning how to do that in a calm and peaceful way. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. 
I'm sure that there are other people here who can relate to aspects of that. Um, just my, my third question is, how, is it that you, how do you see yourself partnering with God in what you do, in your everyday environment? How do you see what God's doing there, and how do you see yourself sort of working with him? Um, loads of ways. I don't think I could do it without him, actually. Um, quite often I'll walk in to work, and I'm, you know, Jesus talks about binding and loosing. Quite often I'll be walking in saying, okay, God, I see this, you know, I see a lot of fear, I see a lot of control, or I see a lot of whatever else God shows me, and I'll bind that. But then I release, and I pray and release the joy and the presence of God and whatever else I feel needs releasing. But also, um, I feel like every person, no matter what their behavior, no matter what their situation is, God loves them and he sees the gold in them. And sometimes it's just harder to see. And it's asking God, you know, what is, what is it about that person? And also speaking that, speaking that life over them, because a lot of them don't believe that there's any gold in them. Mm. That's wonderful. Thank you. And how can we be praying for you this week? <laughs> um, uh, just pray for wisdom, patience, uh, joy. Um, and I think another main thing sort of about work is I want to go in and change the atmosphere with the people I work with, the staff as well. I don't just want to see the children as the gold. Mm. Um, so pray that I keep doing that and changing the atmosphere okay. in there. I would love us to pray for you, but I'd also love us to pray for anybody else here who can identify with any of the issues that Nicole's raised in your own workplace. Is that any of you? If, that is, if that's one of you, then just stand where you are. Um, you know, if you can identify with what she was sharing about, um, and if you're around these people, why don't you just gently lay a hand and start to pray for those guys, and um, we'll, we'll just we'll just pray. I'm going to pray for you. Is that right? Yeah, well, I'm going to get yeah. Joe to pray for you, and pray for all of us who are experiencing similar things. So if there's someone around you, you can get up and walk over to them if you like. But just lay a hand gently, and just ask God to bless them in their workplaces. And Father, we thank you that you've called. Nicole and all of these others to call out the gold in others. Lord, it is not easy. Sometimes it's really tricky. Sometimes the people we work with are messed up and damaged. And sometimes the staff we work with are awkward and difficult. And we pray for each of us who've got those issues to face and those challenges to face, that we might know your peace and your presence with us, that we might know your voice speaking to us. And that we might see people the way that you see them. And not the way that we see them and others see them. That we might be part of calling out the gold in people. That we might recognize the identity that you've placed on them and not just the one that we do. I just really want to thank you for all those of us who are working with people. Be it in a medical sphere or in an emotional, psychological, social sphere. We just pray your blessing on each of these. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Just empower us. Empower us. Empower us, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We bless you. And if you're praying for somebody just in the last minute or so, just if you've sensed that the Lord gives you a word of encouragement for them, just either speak that out gently or write it down for them as well. Just, just ask the Lord, what, what do you want to say to this person just to encourage them? Just take that opportunity just to do that. Yeah, Lord. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Yeah. Mm. Lord, empower us for this time tomorrow and for this week and for the context and the places and the environments that you have called us to in our everyday lives. Empower us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate that. And as you're praying, if you had a word for someone of encouragement, just do just jot that down if you get a chance. You know, as, we're, as we follow Jesus together, we're constantly exploring what it is not just to preach the good news, but to actually be the good news to people. How to express our faith tangibly with the love of Jesus, making a real and significant difference in our society. And so today and for the next few weeks, as I said, we want to introduce this concept. It's not really a new concept. It's a, it's a new way of expressing what we think that God is calling us to. And that's this phrase, scattered servants, that I showed you before. Um, and there it is. Some people think that they can come to faith in Jesus, get saved, keep their heads down, and simply wait to get to heaven. That, that basically once we've become believers, all we have to do is just put up with the society that we live in and kind of have this dream that something better is going to come in eternity. Society is a mess and there's nothing we can do about it. That's not true at all, is it? We don't believe that at all. We believe that God has plans for our city, for our communities, for our workplaces and for our friends. We believe that God has plans for the children and the staff where Nicole works and where all of you guys work. That he wants to bring about a kingdom transformation where things are better. I really believe that God wants to bring his kingdom to our communities so that instead of hope, sorry, there is hope instead of pain. So that there is love instead of anger and peace instead of conflict. And I've been asking myself prayerfully, what is God's strategy for bringing this about in and around this place? What is God's strategy for bringing this about? Is it to raise up gifted evangelists who have the wonderful communication gift and can tell everybody about Jesus? Is it to pluck up the courage to invite our friends to come to a special event here at the church where they can hear the gospel explained or experience the power of God? Is it to spend lots of time in intercession, praying and praying and asking God for his purposes to come about? Now, all of those things are amazing. And they're fantastic things to do. But I'm wondering if that's all it is, why what we want to see hasn't come about yet. And I wonder if that those things are part of a bigger picture. Which is that God's strategy for bringing his kingdom, life and love and hope to people and communities is through us. His scattered servants. What does that mean? What does it involve? It means partnering with him to go out and do the stuff. You've heard me say before from, from this, this stage, you've heard me say before, every city is hard to reach when the church stays in the building. And last autumn, we discovered that we looked at this whole concept of trusted rulers, what it meant to be God's trusted rulers. Those of us who knew our identity in Christ, who knew that we were sons and daughters of the king, who knew the authority that God has given us, and who knew clearly, with clarity, the assignment to which he's called us. 
We said that wherever God has assigned us to be, whatever context he's placed us in, he's actually called us to be rulers on his behalf. To go with his authority, to represent him. So recently when Joe and I were down in um, Costa in Week, which is where we sometimes end up on our days off, um, we were just chatting away, having a, having a chat, and um, a lady came over who we know. She's, um, she's a lady we know who's a teacher at a local school. and She wasn't at school. She hasn't been at school for a while because her um, leg is really poorly. There's something wrong with her leg, and the doctors took a long time, have taken a long time to really figure out what it is that's, that's going wrong with her, with her knee joint. And... Um, She's, she's, I mean, she wasn't cross, but she was obviously frustrated. She's an active person. I've seen her down the sports centre a few times. She's, she went moving, and she's not moving. And this kind of frustration just bubbled out as she sort of, she brought her cup, we started to chat to her, she brought her cup of tea, sat down on our table and said, right, I'm going to tell you all about what's going on with me. Which was fine, we didn't mind at all, we were quite happy to chat. Um, she's a really nice lady, we don't know her that well. Anyway, we get to the end of the conversation and sort of, and I kind of knew what was going to come next. And, and I thought, I'm glad Joe's here. She's better at this sort of thing than me. Um, and, uh, and Joe just said, look, before we go, um, would it be okay if we just prayed for you? And the lady said, um, oh, uh, uh, yes, please, that would be lovely. Uh, I'll try anything. And so we got the chance to pray for her. And she closed her eyes and just received. Now, I don't know what happened there. We haven't caught up with her since. But we talked about length when we talked in this series, Trusted Rulers, about how we need to know who we are and know the authority he's given us. And I kind of, if you imagine a coin and Trusted Rulers is on one side, what we want to talk about now, Scattered Servants, is kind of the flip side. I'm just going to try and demonstrate this, but I didn't prepare this earlier, so I'm hoping I've got a coin in my pocket. It's two sides. <laughs> it has two sides, yes. They're different. Um, so, trusted rulers on one side... Scattered servants on the other. A different way of looking at what it is that the Lord's called us to do. Let's look at what the Bible says about these two words, what that actually means. If you look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, I think I've reproduced it for you here, but you can check it in the Bible if you want to, just to make sure it's there. Um, This is the opening of probably Paul, who's the apostle, uh, Paul's greatest letter. Many people sort of say Romans is, the, you know, it's full of theology and all of that stuff. Anyway, I'm not going to look at the letter. I just want to look at the way that he introduces himself when he writes to all these different churches. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. See, he is a gifted evangelist. He is an inspiring leader. Paul was passionate for the gospel He was unafraid to suffer. He was responsible for seeing countless people come to Jesus and seeing many churches planted and many leaders trained. He's a thinker, he's a pastor, he's a writer and a theologian. But I love that the first thing that he refers to himself is, I'm Paul and I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. He uses the word servant. Actually, that's not a very good translation. Some translations use the word slave. I'm a slave of Christ Jesus. Now, when we think of the word slave, we have a context for that. And that, isn't, that doesn't apply in these circumstances. Our kind of context of, a, of slavery is not what he's talking about here. Um, probably the best translation for this word is bond servant. A bond servant of Christ Jesus. You see, the Jewish context for this concept is not slavery as we would think of it, but in fact of honor and privilege. This translation, this this word bondservant, it it describes somebody who sells himself willingly 
into the service of another. Someone who's willingly chosen to serve their master, who's been wooed by the fairness and the loving kindness of the person that they've worked for, to the extent that they're willing to serve for the rest of their lives. And the, the, the earring, the piercing of the ear, is a symbol that that's what's gone on. That's a symbolic representation of that. And throughout the Old Testament, the servants of the Lord are those who worship him and carry out his will. So Moses is described as a servant of the Lord, as is Joshua and David, as are many of the prophets and sometimes the whole of the nation of Israel. Now, of course, the prophetic writings in the Old Testament, particularly in Isaiah, they point to Jesus. There's a part, there are parts of Isaiah called the servant song, and they, report, they point to Jesus as the ultimate servant who came and who sacrificed himself for love and in obedience to his father. Thereby, he sets us an example of service and servanthood, of that loving, honouring, willing, giving up of your own rights in favour of somebody else. Sometimes we can get this wrong, can't we? We can get this twisted round and kind of think that what it is is that because Jesus is the ultimate servant, he's there to serve us. And that's fine. He kind of is. But when we think about Jesus serving our needs, which is kind of like a kind of hang through from the consumer culture that we live in, we sometimes forget that actually we're here to serve him. We sometimes get that twisted round in our in our. In our heads, Paul reminds us very much that it's us who are called to serve Jesus, not us slaves who've been controlled or manipulated and have no other option, but as those who've been wooed by love and who've willingly chosen in worship to obey and serve their master Jesus. So following Jesus is a choice of a life of service, service to the king. Wherever we find ourselves, we're called to be God's servants. We're called to be God's servants. So that's the servant bit, but what about the scattered bit? When we think of our church, we probably think of gathering here on a Sunday morning. I know somebody who said, oh, I won't be at church this week. Or I missed church last Sunday. Now, I know what people mean when they say that, but this isn't church. This is a gathering of the church. And God has more to do than just what he calls us to do here together in this building. That's not to say that we're not phenomenally grateful for this place that we call home and the times that we spend here. We really are. But ultimately, we can only spend a few hours a week here. And for most of our lives, we're actually sent or assigned or scattered to a different context. Let's just do a little bit of maths here for a minute. This is a kind of, hopefully this is going to work for me. There we go. There are 168 hours in the week. Well, there are in my, I sometimes wish there were a few more, but unfortunately, the laws of science dictate that I can't change that. Um, let's just assume, this is an average, that we spend about 48 hours of the, the week sleeping. That's on a good week, I think, for some of us. <laughs> um, which would leave about 100 and... How many would leave that? 120 hours in the week. Now, realistically... You know, and, and again, this is kind of a, an average, a ballpark figure. Realistically, I reckon most people could maybe, if we're lucky, give about 10 hours a week to something related to church. It may be not that much for you. You might think 10 hours, you'll be lucky, you know. But realistically, maybe you come to church on a Sunday, maybe you're part of a small group or help on a, a team or do something else. Maybe it's less, maybe it's more. But it's, it's unlikely to be more unless you're, a, unless you're employed here. <laughs> Or you have lots of extra volunteer time to give. 
It's unlikely to be any more. In which case, that leaves, for the brainy among you, 110 hours per week, which is kind of set aside for work and family and leisure time. 110 hours per week. So let's have a look at these diagrams. These diagrams show the gathered church and the scattered church. We spend about 10 hours a week as a gathered church and about 110 hours per week as a scattered church. And the gathered church is, as I said, a wonderful, special and valuable place. We worship God together. We love being together. We connect with him. Our life together is vitally important. You know, there's that verse in Hebrews, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And Joe spoke a few weeks ago about what the church is and the body of the church and how there's four pictures, that it's a community and an army, sorry, a community and a hospital and a school and an army. And I suppose I'm thinking about the army section. How does that bit work? You see, when we're here, there are lots of grey dots that aren't anywhere near a red dot. Have you noticed? Some people would, might even think... I wouldn't say this, I don't think, but some people might think that they would describe that as a little bit of a ghetto. That here we are in the ghetto. And yet when we're over here, there's a red dot much nearer to most of those grey dots. So as we grow as disciples of Jesus, we don't just grow in the church, we grow in the context of the places where he sent us, our communities, where we exist as scattered servants during the week. Now, this is challenging. It's really challenging. But the disciples of Jesus were trained to do the things he did. And I don't see much talk of him being in church very much. He was out there doing the stuff. There's some famous passages which we won't look at today, but I think Paul's going to look into the next week of where Jesus sent out the 12 and then the 72 disciples. They're, they're, they're in most of the Gospels, you know, Jesus said, right, you've you've seen me do this for long enough. It's time for you to go and do it. And next week, Paul will look at some specific instructions he gave them. I just wanted to look more at this uh, verse in Acts. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. This is what Jesus says to his disciples just before he ascends into heaven. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, and witnesses say what they've seen. He doesn't say, you'll be my evangelists or my Bible bashers. He says, you'll be my witnesses. And if you read through this, the book of Acts, it tells the story of how the good news of Jesus spread from the day of Pentecost there in Jerusalem through to the uh, non, uh, sorry, to the Greek-speaking Jews and then through to and where they scattered, and then through to the Gentiles, and then through into Europe, and Paul's missionary journeys, and it all ends up in Rome. And we see these pastoral letters that Paul writes, they help to fill out the picture. This narrative is a narrative of the gospel of Jesus spreading. The good news of Jesus going from person to person, from town to town, from country to country. It doesn't focus on the life story of the apostles in Acts. You don't really hear about what, where they were born or where they died. You just hear about where the part that they were involved in, in helping to spread the gospel. Where God's kingdom is enacted, is being enacted. And the early church, you know, they, they generally met in small groups in people's houses. We might think of them that, that their churches were a bit like this, but they weren't generally. Their leaders weren't paid. They wouldn't have had much leisure time in which to volunteer for church activities. That wouldn't have been, culturally, that wouldn't have been really, that wouldn't have happened unless they were really rich. So therefore, the context for living out their faith is in their everyday lives. 
in the 110 hours, in the work, leisure, family, community time. And Paul's letters are mainly addressing issues of discipleship to be worked out in everyday life. In the marketplace, in the workplace, in the community, in the school, in the street, in the playground, in the family. As well as, clearly, he also addresses some issues in church. And while it's true that God can and does use extraordinarily gifted people and raises up visible apostles, actually it's the everyday local believers that God uses to see his kingdom expanded. You know, um, we had Mark Marx here last year. You might know of him. He's a, an amazing evangelist. He started the whole healing on the streets thing. He came to do some training. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic guy and very gifted. But Mark can't be doing healing on the streets in every city every Saturday. So what he does instead, I love it, I follow him on Twitter, and he tweets every Saturday morning to all you who are going out on the streets, God go with you, something like that. He always tweets a verse or, or some encouragement. Today there'll be people going out on the streets all over the UK and Europe and the world. We saw him a few weeks ago and he said he was about to launch Healing on the Streets in Paris. Local teams scattered, scattered all over the UK and the world who God is using to bring his kingdom. But every follower of Jesus has a part to play in reaching their community. The, the, the subtext for this, this scattered servant series is unleashing the power of everyone. Everywhere, every day. And that's why I loved it. I don't know if you were here last week, but Lynn uh, was telling us a story about how she prayed for her neighbour over the garden fence. The neighbour was an elderly lady who was quite concerned because she'd had a diagnosis of cancer. And Lynn told us about how she prayed for her, and the following week, the lady's son came around and said, you wouldn't believe this, but she's been to the doctors, the cancer's disappeared. Awesome, awesome story. But what I love most about that story is not that the cancer disappeared, even though that is awesome. I love that Lynn was prepared to take a risk and simply offer to pray over the garden wall for the neighbour. Just to take that risk, to step out, to be prepared to look stupid or even rejected or ridiculed. She didn't just sympathise or offer to bring this lady to church or invite her to a healing meeting. (laughs) She recognised there was a God opportunity going on there and then. And she suspected or maybe hoped or maybe knew that Jesus was about to do something or could do something here. That, in the words of Jesus, the kingdom of God was at hand. And so she stepped out and did it. Stepped in as one of God's trusted rulers, one of his scattered servants. And just prayed in the authority that God gave her. And how awesome that God healed that lady. Isn't that fantastic? Just like when Jesus turned the water into wine... It's often the servants who see the miracles. Scattered servants leading our community into life. At this point, I hand over to my wife, who has the final word. We said we'd do this as she came up. There you go. We're going to pass the baton on, but we wondered if we might drop it. (laughs) Yes, please. Thanks. So the question is, where have you been sent to serve? You know, this week I um, just sent an email out to some folks. I've been chatting chatting to some different folks in the church family about where you are this time tomorrow and what you're going to be doing. And I have been just so thrilled with some of the stories that have come back. So I basically wanted to find out what is happening through Scattered Servants. You've already heard from Nicole. I was also talking to a teacher who's part of the church family and who obviously does a good job teaching. But as well as that, just like Nicole, she said, I feel like it's my job to to see the gold in people. There are students who I have in my class and nobody else believes in them. 
And in fact, a lot of them don't even believe in themselves. And so I see part of my job to be speaking life and hope and destiny into these young people. There was somebody else who works in an office who said they went into a new working environment that was really unfriendly and full of animosity. And previously they'd been working in a different office which was really friendly and everyone got on. And they went in and was like, oh no, what is going on here? Do I have to stay here? And this lady prayed and she felt like God said, I want you to persevere and I want you to pray. And a few weeks later, somebody else came into the office and said, what has happened here? The atmosphere has completely changed. So scattered servants can change atmospheres. Maybe you're a volunteer somewhere. You know, I was talking to one of the chaps on our HOTS team who actually goes to a different um, church, and he volunteers in a school. He goes in to hear the kids read because the, the school, you know, just need extra help and support there. And he has a little boy who has attention problems, and so it's very hard for this boy to focus on reading. And my friend was getting a bit concerned about it because, you know, this guy isn't going to get go very far in school if he can't read and this is a really big challenge and he said you know last time I went in as we walked over to the reading corner I just quietly prayed for this guy the little boy and we sat down together and I was blown away at his focus and how he managed to keep going through the book he just saw change straight away because he prayed for this little boy can I keep going There's somebody else working in business who said, I can't count the number of times I've been stuck with a problem at work and I've prayed and then found the solution. And in many many situations, the solution has been quite creative. So scattered servants being really good for business. There was somebody else who replied to me who works in a key local organisation and they said, I regularly pray about big issues at work with which I'm struggling, such as financial challenges, how to change an idea into a project, how to build particular alliances. What I've consistently found is that my prayers are answered most frequently by God sending someone else, maybe another member of staff, who comes up with a solution or maybe by other people completely outside my span of control or influence who take decisions which stop the situation becoming problematic. I thought, isn't that amazing? These are all examples of scattered servants, just ordinary people who are living the life of God in the places that he's put them. And when they get stuck, they're just asking for help, and he's giving it, he's providing solutions to problems. There's a phrase that we've used before that it's everyone, everywhere, every day, just bringing the life of God. And so what if this idea is new to you? What if you've never thought about this in the place that God's put you? Or what if you just think, do you know, Joe? I really wish I wasn't going to be in that place tomorrow morning. It might be that you have a job that you don't like. It may be that you don't have a job and you wish you had. It may be that you have caring responsibilities. It may be that you're studying. Wherever God has put you as his scattered servant... There are some really basic things that we can do. In the Bible, there's a a verse in Colossians, Colossians 3.23. And God says, it says, Paul's writing and he says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. So regardless whether or not you actually want to be there, if you are there and God's not told you to be anywhere else, this is the, the first line on your job description. Work at it with all your heart. Think about how he wants you to respond to your boss or the people around you. Be the good news. 
you know, it's really hard. I used to work in local government and sometimes morale got really low. Maybe that's what it's like in your workplace. And it's very easy for people to start just bad-mouthing each other and bad-mouthing the boss and gossiping. And the Bible just says, don't do it. We don't gossip. That's just, (laughs) people who follow Jesus just don't do that. We need to be kind. We need to work hard. Really simple, basic, everyday things. Titus 3 says, be ready to do what is good. Slander no one. Be peaceable and considerate and show true humility to all men. So however, how boring, however boring your job, however, however frustrating the thing that you're going to be doing at quarter to twelve tomorrow, work at it with all your heart. Somebody who responded to my email this week said, I can think of at least one scenario in my workplace where we found we made a mistake on a project and some people were tempted to cover it up. I argued, along with some others, that we should come clean with the customer, which we agreed to do. The result was that the trust between us and that customer was significantly enhanced. And I thought, isn't that amazing? Because this scattered servant risked a lot. In the work environment, it's not always easy to stand up for kingdom principles. It's definitely not easy to do what Jesus would do. And we know and we understand that. There are real challenges there. And yet, Jesus is our first boss, and our other boss is our second boss. And I just encourage you today that if you're in an environment like that, where you feel really challenged about how on earth do I live the right way in this place, we would really love to pray for you. This is real rubber hits the road stuff. And so at the end, there's going to be a chance that if you're in a sticky place and you don't know how to live out the truth of what Jesus has called you to do or to live out the, the things, the, pe- the person he's called you to be, then let's pray for each other and let's see some of those kingdom solutions coming to play in our working environments. I haven't asked permission to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it and then apologize afterwards. Because when I was chatting to Nicole this week, it's okay. She was just telling me about somebody at work and what they'd said. And I was really struck about the fact that as scattered servants, we are carriers of the king's presence. Because she wanted somebody in her office um, said to her, do you know when we're not here, we've got a name, when you're not here, we've got a name for you. We call you Princess Nicole. And she kind of laughed and she said, oh, well, is that because I'm quite hoity-toity? And if you know Nicole, that's not what she's like at all. But actually what they said is, no. We've noticed that whatever's going on in the office, however frustrated or angry or, um, let me find the words that you said, Nicole, however stressful or angry the situation that you walk into, we've noticed that you're always calm and you're not ruffled by it. That she goes into situations, like many of you do, and she carries the presence of God and people notice a difference. Scattered servants make a difference wherever God has sent you. And you know, reading this stuff, I was just so thrilled. I feel so proud that you, we, are living the life of God and it makes a difference. People are seeing Jesus because of the everyday things that are happening Monday through to Friday. It doesn't stop there. You know, God has bigger dreams. Um, We have a really good friend called Nick, who's a doctor, really a well-respected doctor in the Midlands. He's a GP. He's involved in healthcare management. And in fact, we were so excited because he just got an OBE um, last week in the Queen's birthday honours. We're thrilled to bits. And I remember a a number of years ago, he went to Malawi, to rural Malawi, and he came back distressed because he said, I can't believe 
that there are children dying there completely unnecessarily because they're just no one's told them they don't understand the connection between healthcare and um, kind of an education. There's just a gap there. And so he and some other folk got together and put together a program, and they just put a really simple thing in place in Malawi. And I, um, this week I heard that in one of the villages, they now, as a result of this, have clean water and 50% decrease in the number of children going to hospital. There was sickness before, and now there's health. You know, Tim and Pippa, Pippa was sitting there a moment ago, um, who started Caris Kids. Many of you engage in, in that giving money to help AIDS orphans be pulled into families. That changes the life of that child and actually changes their family, education and food that makes a complete difference to that family and that community. Mervyn Suffield, many of you know, working in Sierra Leone, another doctor and entrepreneur who is looking at bringing healthcare and business to that desperately, desperately needy country where they've had Ebola and it's just all gone belly up. Awful place to be. And yet Mervyn and his team are looking and praying to see how to bring change. And that is so exciting. I'm so thrilled. But then I just thought, well, God, I can't go to Africa. You know, what? I can't do stuff about, you know, with kids and education. What, what, what is it that you're calling me to do? What is it that you have for us here? And that's been the prayer that I've been praying. Because Winchester, Hampshire, you know, wherever you live around here, we do pretty well, don't we? You know, education is pretty okay. We've got some good healthcare. There are problems, of course there are, but, you know, a lot of our basic needs are being met. What is it that God's really calling us to? How does he want us as scattered servants to be making a difference here? And there was a, just a picture that we've shown before, which looks at the, the mountains. In fact, you know, I'm just going to forget that. Can I forget those two? Thank you. I'm not, I'll do those another week. The thing that struck me about it was that all our everyday moments can be filled with God's kingdom. You've heard some of the stories today. Many of you will have your own stories. And, you know, as we think about this over the next few weeks, I'd love it if you'd come and tell me what God's doing in your workplace. I don't have to say that it's you. You know, I'm not going to kind of put you up on a stage if you don't want to be that. But I'd love to hear what God is doing amongst us. But there are places where there are real problems. And in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, it says, Call to me. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Or as somebody else has has put it, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you can't Google. (laughs) You know, there are problems around us and we look for solutions. And it's easy to look up and go five ways to do this or seven solutions for this or to be a better leader, do that. But actually, God's the one who's got the solutions and has got the answers. And so I've just been saying, God, where are the gaps? Where are the problems? What is it that you want to do here on our patch? How can we be your scattered servants who are bringing your kingdom in the day by day, every day as we are, but maybe even bigger than that? What is your big dream for this place, for our city? And when I say our city, I talk about Winchester, but you know, we talk about the, uh, the communities around us, whether you live in Alsford or Southampton or Eastleigh or whichever is your particular patch, that all comes under our umbrella. And I carried on reading Jeremiah 33, and something just jumped out at me. And I wondered if it was what God was saying to us to get a handle on, to really grip what is it what it is that he wants 
to do here. And how he's going to do it, I don't quite know yet. But in Jeremiah 33, he talks about changing the city, working a true healing inside and out, it says in the message, showing life whole and bringing blessings. He talks about restoration and washing clean and forgiving. And then the bit that really hit me was in verse 9. And it said, this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. And I just thought, wow, what if that was God's word for our patch? What if he wants to use this place here to bring his name, renown, joy, praise and honour. That people would look and go, have you heard what is going on around Winchester? In Alsford, in Eastleigh, Charnas Ford, have you seen what's happening in Southampton? Their God is an amazing God. Look at the peace and prosperity and blessing that he's bringing. And as we know, the way that he chooses to do that is not just a a dollop of peace or prosperity from above, but using scattered servants, going into different environments, into community, into workplaces, into schools, into surgeries, into playgrounds, into offices, wherever he's put us, to provide his kingdom solutions for the problems that are around us every day. I wonder if we might stand together. There's quite a lot to think about. Many of you are just living this out day by day and really bringing wonderful change in the different environments you're in. And that's an amazing thing. In a moment, we'll have a chance to pray and just say, God bless you and keep on doing it. And there are others of us who are just still trying to grapple with where it is we have actually been sent to serve and work out what God's dreams are for our communities and workplaces and how he wants us to partner with him. So why don't we just have a moment to kind of think quietly about those things, about those questions. Where have we been sent to serve? What are God's dreams? And how does he want us to partner with him? I think that... um some, a couple of other things that God might just want to do or is doing this morning among us. One is that um, he just wants to encourage us about remembering our identity and our authority. We talked all about that earlier in the year, but just he wants to remind us and encourage us that when, wherever we are, it's not just a case of, oh, I'm meant to be doing scattered servants now. It's a case of this is who I am. This is who God is. This is who, God, this, this, this is who he's called me to be. This is who he's called me to be. Do you want to share that? Go for it. Yeah, just to echo that and to say that if you, you noticed um, 
as the people gave their testimony, they knew who they were in Jesus. And also, they didn't necessarily, we talked about praying for other people, but actually often they just took the authority that they had in Jesus. They bound and loosed, and they um, uh, prayed with authority for healing. And just to encourage you, uh, I know the Lord is um, encouraging all of us to understand that more and more. And if you like prayer for that, and also we just try and help people with the Freedom in Christ course, and also the Authority and Calling course, to uh, make this possible in, in our workplaces. Thank you. We're going to invite you to come and just, if you want to respond to any of these words, we'd love to pray this morning. We just want to recognize what God is doing. So it might be that you are not quite sure where you've been called to when you're trying to figure that out. Or it might be that you know where you've been called to, but you're just finding that really hard. You know, when you hear that, that, that thing where it says, you know, whatever you do, work for the Lord, you know, work with your whole heart. And you kind of think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a go, Lord. But uh, I'll give that a go, Lord, but it's, it's quite tough. And we'd just love to stand with you, pray with you. So if you want to respond in that way, it may be that you, you know that God is giving you dreams and visions for your workplace or for your community or for wherever it is he's called you. And you just need to acknowledge that and, and take a step out to start putting, doing something about that. Um, it's just to go with what Nigel said about some of you going into the workplace and just, bleh. Um, Amy, my little one in worship said, mum, I had a picture and it was a picture of a tree um, and it had heart, new hearts growing on the end of each branches. And she said, but mum, it's in a field, it's in a really big field. And I feel like that's probably, the field is our workplace or wherever you've been sent. And it's, some of us just need God to to allow our hearts to grow um, fresh love for where we are. So look, come on guys, if you want to respond to any of those words, why don't you come? There's point band, why don't you come up as well, guys and worship team. There's plenty of space here and we just love to acknowledge what God is doing and we love to pray for one another. That's what we love to do here. We want to stand with you, we want to encourage you. It could be about your workplace, it could be about wherever you find yourself, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. It could be that you need God's encouragement just to stand up and be who he's called you to be and to take authority as you pray. And not just to pray in hope, but to pray in truth. We'd love to do that. We'd love to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Yeah. Nicole, why don't you do that? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for these folks, all of whom responded. We thank you for the place that you've called them and the place you've sent them. Thank you that we all are your scattered servants. We pray for these ones particularly now. Just going to ask Nicole just to pray over you guys, just to call out, just to call a blessing down from the, from the Father on us. You can So whether you're out the front or whether you're at the back, it doesn't matter, you can receive it anyway. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just invite you now just to come. And in the name of Jesus, I just break off any wrong words spoken over any of you or wrong agreements that you've made in your workplaces or in the situations that you're in. And we just put those wrong agreements and we put them at the foot of the cross. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you come and that you fill each person afresh. Father, will you give them fresh vision? Will you enable them to see people as you see them? 
God, will they hear your voice this week where they are? Father, I ask for a fresh spirit of faith to arise in each one of these people. That they see as you see and have the faith to believe that you can do all that you say you do. And Father, I just, in the name of Jesus, I just tell each one of you just to rise up in the authority that God's given you. To take your position. That as children of the King, you walk in his favour. And I declare that favour over you this week. I break the power of wrong agreements and release you into the favour of God. And I release you as well just to move afresh in the gifting that God has given you. That you're not alone. Wherever you are, you're not alone. That you have the Holy Spirit and he walks straight alongside you. He is the helper. And Father, I thank you and I declare the promise that you give us everything we need for life and godliness this morning. Holy Spirit, will you just come more, fill to overflowing. God, we don't want to trickle this morning. We want overflowing. If you're part of our church family and you've um, used to praying for people, come and stand alongside these guys. We'd love to just stand with them and pray for them and support them. And if you've come to church today with any other kind of need, if you need healing... If you want to come and find out about Jesus for the first time, about how you can become one of these scattered servants, then please do come forward because we'd love to chat with you. Otherwise, thank you so much for coming this morning. God bless you. Yeah, we need some more people to come and pray. Come on, guys, don't be slow. (laughs) Run. (laughs) But there's coffee and tea in the cafe. And um, if you'd like to come and connect with some of the, the team, come and meet us in the connect area of the service. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless you.